Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. untangled and make sure your tv is turned to channel three because it's time for fanfight vcr i am fanfight section head lb hunk tears and i'm joined by my co-host fanfight columnist poet knower about things star trek expert wrestling expert colette Aaron. hello how are you i'm good i'm trying to keep this child's cowboy hat balanced on my head <laughs> um <laughs> child's cowboy hats are a good look i'm a fan yeah, yeah. like my partner has a, is a tiny-headed person, so he can, like, kind of wear a large child's cowboy hat from, like, the 50s or whatever this is from. Mm-hmm. A half pint. A half Is what pint. it says on the... Yeah. As opposed to a gallon. Yeah. Oh. A half pint. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Just for, for babies. I love but, it. But, uh... Let's see. I'm gonna adjust my headphones... See if I can get this on there because you said Jim, what Jim Ross does is he just wears the cowboy hat over the headphones. Uh, yeah, like he has the headphones on and then the cowboy hat goes over the top of the headphones, or at least it used to. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can balance this. Really unfair, <laughs> so though. So, cowboy hats, what? What is like Damn. his commentary partners? Oh, Paul Heyman wore headphones over his hat, Jerry Lawler never wore the crown, though. Like, he would take that off. Not fair. Jim Ross having to wear a hat. But I thought he liked wearing the hat. No, he did not. Um, he didn't? No, like, you can you can kind of, like, go into, like, history where, like, you know, the whole the whole thing about Jim Ross uh, is that, like, he's a, he's a country person from Oklahoma, and Vince McMahon thought it made him look more folksy to wear a cowboy hat a bunch. Like, he never wore a cowboy hat previous to wwe like that was kind of foisted upon him um he went from being a serious sports broadcaster who like called nfl games when he wasn't calling wcw matches to like being a cowboy who happened to know a lot about wrestling damn because he like has really made the cowboy hat thing like part of the brand now oh yeah the whole barbecue sauce (laughs) man thing that he does yeah you got to lean into the gimmick when it turns out that it works but um i think that there was some some consternation early on that's fair that makes sense i would probably be annoyed if somebody made me wear an accessory that you know that was stereotypical to my region yeah of origin what would i mean what would yours be what would your vince mcmahon forced accessory be a forced accessory um from where you're from mm, that's i mean probably just a carhartt jacket or something like that yeah um you know oh a mechanics jumper that's what it would be but those are cool that would look good yeah it would look good but if you've seen wrestlers who wrestle in mechanics jumpers they get their asses handed to them all the time damn how about how about you 
Uh, probably like some sunglasses and I don't know, like a bikini babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just have a babe. A gold, like a very flowy Gold's Gym tank top. Yeah. Um, oh, that would be cool. Board shorts. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, I think I should. Uh, board shorts, no. Mm. I mean, it would just, I mean, at that point, it would just be like, I mean, it depends on how, if, if we're getting just like super, maybe it would be like a wetsuit and a babe. Oh, yeah, there we go. Like original Sandman. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that ECW Sandman used to dress in like a wetsuit i think he dressed in a wetsuit he was like a surfer guy i think i've seen him in the uh not like a full wetsuit but the um you remember when you like the half wetsuit was kind of a look yeah i think like i've seen him in one of those yeah but not the full there was a surfer wrestler like who wore the full wetsuit i think like forget that would be a terrible oh it'd be awful terrible thing to wrestle yeah i forget what his like name was like i think it was like ray apollo or something like that maybe awful um yeah the whole thing is bad (laughs) um yeah we're not here to talk about surfing though right we're here to talk about no we're not (laughs) yeah we (laughs) that's why i grabbed this hat from my uh from my partner this tiny hat that i can't keep on my head um because we what how did this so we, we we watched for today uh another gnarly fucking match we watched uh stan hansen and big van vader from 1990 mm-hmm. the or more famously known as that time vader's eye came out of his head <laughs> and uh how did this come about because we were talking about country music uh i think that we were talking about country music like or it was one of those things where, like, we hadn't decided on what match to watch, and we were talking about country music at the same time. So it was like, yeah, Stan Hansen, like he's he's a cowboy, he's got a cowboy hat. Yeah, cowboy hats have yeah. come up a lot in this podcast. Yeah, this is like officially a wrestling podcast, but unofficially, unofficially a cowboy hat pa- yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, Which, like, I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's great. I think Stan Hansen is really good at being a cowboy. Oh yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's actually a Texan. He's so good at it. Um, he's. I've met a lot of Texans who are not as good at being cowboys as Dan. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like American culture has like posited cowboys as like this this positive, like good force in the world somehow. But like in reality, no. cowboys are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Or they're just like working and then they're tired. Yeah. Because they've been doing cow stuff all day. <laughs> And it's exhausting. Right. Like, it's not all, like, you know, prairie stuff or finding women who've been abducted by bandits or whatever. Like, there's... It's mostly just, like, various ranch things. Or being an asshole. Yeah. Or both. No in between. Yeah. Or both. Fuck. That's if you've got, like, a lot of energy. Stan Hansen, great at it. Uh, I feel like... Maybe I haven't ever seen his that like him do his entrance like that before, where he's just like whipping people, <laughs> whipping people with a big old rope. Like I haven't, like I'm not even sure if I've seen a full Stan Hansen match before. Okay, this yeah, I one. I know that I sent you like a couple of of ancillary like Stan Hansen things, like him, yes, like his theme song for one, uh, incredible, which is, which is oh so my God. good. Um, I wish it was. I wish we could make it the theme song for this podcast. All right, um, 
it's i mean you know japan is a different relationship to copyright than we do so it might be possible um yeah i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> uh so so he's got that theme song and then i sent you like uh, a video of him like doing promos uh in a park and in a basement <laughs> um and yeah, he's he's just a very intimidating dude. And the thing, very intimidating, like the thing that he does when he comes out to like this like jamming like disco song that sounds vaguely western, where he's like whipping fans with his bull rope, is the coolest fucking thing. Um, it rules. But it's such like a. I mean, this is like a big match. They're they're like, are they at the Tokyo Dome? They're at the Tokyo, they're at the Tokyo Dome. Dome. Yeah, right? they used to run the Tokyo Dome more than once a year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this is like. This is not, like, the January show. This is, like, in February, right. I think. Um, yeah. And, like, the big deal about this match prior to what happens in it is that Stan Hansen is from All Japan. Um, right. So, like, going into this match, like, on a New Japan card where he's facing one of the top heels in All Japan, like, you you get the sense that, like, yes, this is a massive match, but also neither person is going to lose um right because stan hansen can't go back to uh all japan having lost excuse me having lost to uh new japan's champion at the same time stan hansen can't go back to all japan with the iwgp heavyweight championship right um so like that's kind of the context of this and that's why like there's both like a big match feel and later in the match when like both of them go to the outside but make it back into the ring like fans are like surprised by it because they expect a count okay that's pretty standard in that era of japanese pro wrestling um so yeah you have like this big fight feel um both wrestlers have like the coolest theme song and like really good entrance gimmicks like vader has his his cool helmet oh my the coolest yeah like and his, his theme song is so damn good and it sounds amazing in that giant space too like it's like this like a fucking monster is about to appear um and it turns out that he is a fucking monster um the the stuff where where vader's eye comes out of his socket it's been like the subject of debate ever since it happened pretty much like both wrestlers have different stories about it i don't know the specifics of their stories well enough but generally what's suspected is that vader's eye got clipped by hansen's bull rope during like the entrances and that's what caused it um i think at one point vader um implied that hansen like intentionally like gouged his eye like for real like did the wrestling thumb poke but like hooked the eye um not too sure about that but essentially yeah like it's it's pretty gnarly it happened so early in the match um and that was that was very surprising to me yeah as someone who'd seen like the clip but not the full match yeah it happens almost like immediately right um yeah it's like a few minutes in yeah and if it wasn't for the fact that he had like a mask on that was like putting pressure on his face like he probably would have lost that eye um they had to slip a like they they had to rebuild his like orbital bone pretty much because they they put a steel plate under there after the fact um but that's that's kind of like the 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 most important part of the match so um like if you want to like kind of talk about your reaction to it because at this point like i've seen this match a bunch so it's it's just a fact of my life, but, um, what, <laughs> like, <laughs> like most wrestling, um, but, but what did you, what did you think of it when you saw, like, Vader rip off his, his mask and there being, like, 
a visible problem. Okay, so I, again, had seen the clip before. So I knew this, and, like, we talked about, like, let's watch the eyeball match. So, like, it wasn't like it was a surprise. And this wasn't, like, this wasn't a, you know, um, sickle situation where we talked about it, and then I just fully forgot that it happened. (laughs) Um, So, like, I but I was surprised it happened so early. And, yeah, uh, that was fucking gross. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross for an eyeball to not be where it's supposed to be. You were Eyeballs in general are gross. Yeah. You you were watching this on New Japan World, right? Okay, so I watched it I've watched it, of course, the most legal way of every, and we both watched it very legally. <laughs> yes. Le- and only always follow the law and never break the law. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, I watched it not on there at first because I was worried because uh, it didn't have the entrances mm. and uh, I was worried they had cut they would cut stuff out. So I watched like the first half on uh, like a gnarly grainy daily motion. Yeah, me too. And then I watched it the rest on New Japan World in crisp, beautiful resolution where you can see everybody's faces. <laughs> and appreciate how handsome Tiger Hattori was as a younger man. Yeah, that's that's what I was curious about was like as to whether or not like the the graininess of of the common video was more or less horrifying than the HD. It's definitely more horrifying. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh it 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 adds like that kind of, you know, like a So, I guess for people who are our age and we grew up on the internet like being like okay, Hey, kids. Hello, children. (laughs) Back when Colette and I, millennials, were growing up, there was this thing that people would do. Uh, We would be on uh, an instant messenger, which was kind of like Discord, but not that. And uh, our friends would be like, hey, check out this link. It's super cool. And then it would be something disgusting. And then you would do that to each other because you were children and it was fun um to hurt each other that way (laughs) so a lot of the time it would be these like weird grainy photos and then later on it'd be grainy videos of like i don't know weird shit and at a certain point like graininess kind of sticks into your like there's a sense memory for me of weird grainy low quality images yeah being grosser than high definition Grossness. yeah does that make sense no that totally makes sense i've actually like kind of been thinking about that a lot and like looking at older pictures like the way that cameras keep getting better like every millisecond of every day like particularly like phone cameras yeah. and how like a phone camera from five years ago looks like it's taking pictures from 1978 compared to like what yeah. we have at the moment and um yeah that kind of like weird compression of like web like 1.5 web 2.0 like images where it was downloading like row by row of the picture like i i remember that very vividly um god people get me all the time with that yeah and then things got really innocent and instead of sending people gross pictures it was rick astley yeah i mean we needed to bounce back from from that yeah no for sure and honestly, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't, like, been like, you know what? You can send me this man's anus all you want. <laughs> I'm going to read his whole website and find out all about him. Yeah. And then discover, you know, 
it takes a lot of work to be goat set. Yeah. And and then I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I was hoping that I that's where we were going with this. How much he had gone through <laughs> and like how much work he put in to be him. <laughs> no, that was like that's like a huge part of the Hunk Tears origin yeah. story. Is like being, I don't know, 10, 11, yeah. maybe 12. Uh, and like, you know, people like being like, hey, check this out. <laughs> you clicked it. Fuck you. Yeah. I hate you. You're slurp various things in like a comic sans uh, blue text on red background. <laughs> Aim meanness. And being like, you know what? I'm going to read this whole site. And I did. And, like, I felt great kinship for him as a fellow, like, outsider. Yeah. And, like, he went through his whole process of, you know, like, stretching and training. And, like, as a little child <laughs> hunk tears, like, I was like, yeah, this is, like, a real skill. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was really impressed by that. And, like, I, I, I'm convinced that's a huge part of why I am the person I am today. I mean, I, I mostly want a t-shirt that says, respect for goats, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, is that the first piece of fanfight merch? <laughs> so. It could look like the Frankie Goes to Hollywood t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about the videos that I saw too, um, but, you know, that was definitely yeah. one of them. Uh, I think a lot about Two Girls, One Cup. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Those were the days yeah. when we were too connected, but not like Twitter level too connected. It was great. Yeah. Like things were scarring, but felt harmless at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gotta say like, yeah, there was definitely, I knew a guy who was on 4chan my senior year of high school. And like, he definitely sent me stuff that I was not thrilled oh yeah about Four chan was a fucking yeah. nightmare yeah uh but you know what it is what it is yeah and it does leave us with i don't know i like i feel bad for like i wonder what the zoomers version of like low resolution phone camera images visceral like their that visceral sense memory experiences for them because mm-hmm. like i'll look at pictures I still have my hard drive from when I was in high school. Um, And, like, I transferred it to my, to, like, a different thing. So I have all my shit. And, like, the photos of just food that I, like, took on, like, my first camera phone are, like, as disgusting as, if not more disgusting than Vader's bulging eye on Dailymotion. Oh, for sure. And, like, everything on, like, old cameras has, like, almost, like, this like sheen of sweat and like nastiness yeah <laughs> like to it yeah um yeah oh man so which does a lot to like jack-in-the-box tacos yeah from bush's second term uh in, in office. <laughs> so yeah like i guess i guess when you do see like you know wrestling matches that are that are uploaded to you know less than reputable but still legal websites um like in like very low quality like it does i i i tend to agree like i think that the violence uh is is increased like you can't like you can't see exactly what's wrong so you have to imagine it yeah and so it's worse than your imagination yeah the imagination is always worse than reality 
Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that was a huge detour. Uh. <laughs> but I think it's an important aspect of like the two different ways of watching because I really don't think it's as gross on the New Japan side. Yeah, and you know, I mean, this is this is a a podcast about watching old wrestling and and VCR is in the title, and I feel like you know there weren't too many people like you know duplicating this on the on the tapes that looked great um oh god i'm sure they looked way worse than our daily motion video. yeah um but yeah that like that grain and like kind of like pixel drift super gnarly i would have loved to see this with actually with some like tracking problems uh, you know those like good those nice lines yeah yeah <laughs> distortion yeah um i can i can send you a video of my favorite instance of of tracking lines uh which is uh this video of uh sergeant slaughter doing a uh a monster truck like tractor pull against bigfoot and then it goes to a music video and there's this part where these like monster truck babes are like waxing the chrome pipes on <laughs> on a car <laughs> And that's where the tracking lines come up is when they're like rubbing the chrome pipes. <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible. Um That sounds like a lot. It's yeah, no, it's it's a lot. He plays a, a Budweiser logo guitar. <laughs> um What was this from? Uh it was from a a United States Hot Rod Association commercial tape about how dope monster trucks are. <laughs> uh i miss tapes we gotta bring back we gotta bring back tapes i like this and like coliseum home video stuff is what i look for every time i go into a goodwill store um but yeah like once once vader has a problem with his eye like both dudes are pissed off um like when they're when they're punching each other in the beginning of this match like they are they are fucking punching each other like there's no room for disbelief uh so far as like how much these dudes hate each other is concerned yeah it felt like i mean i've never been in a real fight but i watch this i'm like this is this feels like a real fight yeah and i yeah um like the ring is so loud too like they they mic'd up that ring like crazy so you can like uh you can hear like the meat on meat impact between the two and there's a lot of meat going on in this match so they're two huge fucking men massive so stan hansen's what six four yeah and what was what weight was he at at this point like 300 it'd be in like the low 300s 300 okay and vader was at six five and like over is he like how much did he weigh uh vader was in the a lot in the 400s for sure okay yeah um that's what i thought okay this uh, the about on Google has him billed at 450 pounds. Yeah. Which, it, that's a lot of person. I mean, Stan Hansen has some of the best ridiculous nicknames. Like, he's he's a huge dude. So, um, like, obviously his, his main nicknames are the Lariat and the Badman from Borger, because that's, like, a cool town name. But um, he's also known as the Unsinkable Battleship and the Unstoppable Dump Truck. Uh, <laughs> the unstoppable dump truck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good nickname. It's super good. He looks like one too. Like he's just like a solid like hunk of a dude. Um. Yeah. Like yeah, getting getting hit by him would be 
fucking horrible. And he he's like a dude who has a reputation as as having kind of like a um like a bad um not a bad attitude, but like he he really sticks up for himself. Like how much do you know much about Stan Hansen? Uh I know I've I've seen like just like a lot of gifs of him from all Japan. Okay, like one of my favorite Stan Hansen stories is that he was the AWA heavyweight champion at one point in time. Um, but he disagreed with uh the way that the owner of the promotion, Vern Gagne, wanted to book him. Um, so like he just took the title home. Uh and when he was like ordered to send it back, what he did was he ran it over a bunch of times with his truck <laughs> and uh and mailed the title back, uh like with mud prints from the truck tires on it. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um and his like one million percent not the guy you want to fuck with um like he's also kind of legally blind um not kind of yeah i saw that i saw that when i was looking up the this match yeah he talked about like he's like i couldn't fucking see a thing yeah no doing this it's it's kind of amazing that he's as good as he is like being super blind but i guess when you're like how main thing is like throwing a lariat like you know roughly where someone's head and neck is <laughs> like yeah but he's like especially in this match they're brawling all over the oh place man. like they're getting into the audience i'm like how do you do that if you can't see yeah um how do you do that at all? i mean i don't know how you do that at all because i don't know because <laughs> i'm me and not a cool wrestler but like if you can't see how do you how do you do it yeah how i have no idea stan hansen explain it to us and like I don't know, like, contact lenses must have existed in the early 90s, late 80s. Like, he could he Yeah, but not if you were it. that, not if you needed, not if your vision was that bad. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, because my mom and dad, I don't think, couldn't, they could not wear contact lenses until pretty late in the game uh, of the 90s being the game. <laughs> and they have really bad vision. But not, like, Stan Hansen bad, so if they couldn't wear contact lenses, he certainly couldn't. Yeah. Um damn yeah so so he's this massive mostly blind dude who is the big bad american of all japan who comes into comes into new japan challenges vader for the iwgp heavyweight championship and pops his eye out five minutes not even five minutes into this match like two or three minutes in he's really real like he also, is he, like, are those actual cowboy boots he's wrestling in, or are they modified wrestling boots that look like cowboy oh, boots? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would assume that they're modified to look like cowboy boots, because when wrestlers do wear cowboy boots in the ring, which, you know, happens, um, yeah. it's pretty easy to tell that those are real cowboy boots. Um, but yeah, I think stands are, are, like, modified to make it easier to wrestle in. Because, like, yeah, those, yeah, I think they, they've got the poles mm -hmm. and the shape right, but still, you're, like, the ankle support does not look like it's there. No, yeah. That you would want from proper wrestling boots. Yeah, I mean. Even if, like, the flexibility is there. If they were cowboy boots, at some point, Stan Hansen would have taken off the cowboy boot to hit someone with. Cowboy boots are illegal apparel, so they're wrestling boots. Okay. Okay. Cool. They are, they are officially is, illegal. You're... Wait, they are they are legal. Yeah, like they're they're like you you've seen matches where like the referee like checks gear right to like see. Yeah, yeah. 
cowboy boots would be illegal because you can take off a cowboy boot and hit someone with it. Um, okay. Cowboy boots. Your knowledge of rules <laughs> continues to astound me. Cowboy boots are, are a very hard thing. It's like uh, one of the hardest weapons in wrestling. It wins so many matches. It's like that and like ladies high heels are, are the footwear weapons. And uh, curly-toed boots that are worn by men from the Middle East or white dudes who've defected to Iraq. Those are the dan- those are the dangerous shoes. You didn't know that Iron Sheik had curly-toed boots. I didn't know it was like a the the. Okay. <laughs> okay, so not to bring up Sergeant Slaughter twice in one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What a statement. <laughs> um, so wait, when he defected, he started wearing curly-toed boots? No, it's even better than that. When he defected to Iraq, he started wearing curly-toed uh, wrestling boots in the same vein as the Iron Sheik. But it's not just that he started wearing them. It's that those boots were a personal gift to him from Saddam Hussein. <laughs> uh, and that's... That's professional wrestling in the early 90s. <laughs> I can't process that information, Colette. No, I mean, it's pretty amazing, right? Um, I'm trying to think if there's... I mean, I don't know if that's amazing because I can't process it. My brain can't contain that. I mean, like the level, the level of stereotyping that goes into that is pretty amazing. Um, but they are legal boots. It's just the thing is that since they're crafty foreigners, they usually have like a weight in the boot. So when they like stomp their foot, they're moving the weight up into the curl, which is like a more devastating way to kick someone in the stomach or the head or the dick, I guess. Right. Um, why does Xavier Woods wear curly boots, though? Does he? I did not know that. Yeah. I thought it was like, you know, like a whimsical elf man thing. Um, Because he's like a gamer. If Xavier that... Woods is breaking the stereotype, good for him. I didn't know there was that much significance to the curly-toed boots. I didn't know he was, yeah, he was taking such a stance against <laughs> racism and xenophobia. Yeah. I thought he was just a dork. No, yeah, I mean he. Who was like he is, but an elf, some kind of like D and D curly toed elf. Dude. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but also, like Xavier Woods seems like enough of a wrestling nerd to like know what curly toed boots are. Oh yeah, he certainly would. Yeah. Be. So he's like taking a stand. Yeah, I mean, granted, like uh, I don't know if this is like a, a thing that extends much further than the Iron Sheik and his associates, but. It's definitely a thing. Like it's it's absolutely a thing. Like curly toed boots have been associated with Arab wrestlers at least since the eighties. <sighs> Wrestling is like is evil with so much style like I don't want to call it style. It's just Wrestling is bad in ways that my brain can't wrap around, mm-hmm. but like I kind of have to respect, not respect, but like the brain, the big brainness of it. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. I can't even like I again, this is a dial up internet sound situation. Yeah. It's surprising. Like it's it's not it's something that you wouldn't think about unless someone told it to you. Um Yeah. Because like right now, you know, no Arab wrestler in WWE's roster wears curly toed boots, thankfully. Uh probably because most of them are faces right now. Um I guess. I don't know. Um Yeah. But who knows? Uh, it's it's something that I mean I love the look. Curly toed boots look sick as hell. It's a great look. Yeah. Um, and, Do they like? Was there ever like a Dutch wrestler with like clogs? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know because that would be a really good weapon. Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, I do know that when Al Snow was the European champion, I think that he wore clogs to a match once because he was representing every country in Europe one at a time. Um, <laughs> fucking owns. Yeah, and the fact that I know this, oh, uh, I don't remember whether or not he used them to win a match, though. Like, I feel like you'd have to. I like you should. Like, if you don't, like, if you're just bringing like Chekhov's wooden shoe into the mix, and aren't That's planning on using really it, really irresponsible. Yeah. Be a first for this great sport. <laughs> no, I meant like irresponsible in terms of bad storytelling. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Not irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> but God, what are, I feel like we got to, I don't know. I feel like the Dutch have gotten off too easy. Yeah. Not enough Dutch wrestlers. But like not enough, like cruel stereotypes about the Dutch. Yeah. Or like if there's like I mean, a French wrestler, how do like, are there specific boots for like grape stomping? Like when you're making wine? No, you do that barefoot. Oh, then French wrestlers should all be barefoot and like have grape stains on their feet. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be actually pretty incredible. That would. Yeah. <laughs> and they would just do like stomping. Yeah. They could just do a bunch of double stomps. Yeah. That'd be sick. Oh. That's at least. You could do all kinds of weird foot stuff. Yeah. That's like, that is at least a like three week cruiserweight championship reign gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's something. That feels like an early NXT. Like yes. a Transition era NXT gimmick. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's the act that's like up there with the villains as questionable. Yeah. <laughs> but still happening. Or like the uh the hacker gimmick thing. Oh, what was that? Uh, what was Sammy Callahan's hacker name? Solomon Crow. Oh, awful. C R O W E. Awful. Awful. I wonder who the yeah, hacker like is now. Is there a hacker now? Yeah, like I I haven't watched anything since uh like an NXT or something like that, but like there's there's a hacker who keeps hacking into like the television screens that everyone has turned three quarters of the way towards. Um, and he has on NXT? No, like on regular programming. Um, and like I don't know if it's like you know Mustafa Ali, um, based on like the the circle logo thingy that looks like what happens when he brings his hands together. Um, but like they keep showing this like cartoon looking thing where it's like a hacker in silhouette and is like 700 monitor setup and one of them has like like the matrix screensaver on it <laughs> i thought that okay i've seen that around i thought it was a joke no I've been, like very purposefully not ignoring wwe programming and basically just trying to ignore as much new wrestling as i can yeah. because it's 
depressing and miserable and it's yeah and it gives me a lot of psychic damage um yeah and i'm like really striving to be like the first wrestling section editor who doesn't watch any wrestling <laughs> or pay any attention to wrestling or know anything about wrestling yeah i'm just trying to like just remove everything from my brain how's that going for you ah uh, it's going pretty good going pretty good i've taken up reading uh fan translated uh chinese boys love novels okay. that are serialized they are some of which are really good and some of which are are actively making me dumber <laughs> uh i'm like trying i really want to reclaim reading like reading for bimbos yeah because like fiction if you know the history of like novels and novels as a as a concept in culture novels were like felt were considered to be really dangerous and like bad for the bad for people and bad for society and like bad for people's brains um and i want to take us back to that to just like serialized novels making everybody dumber and like more depraved that'd be great and just like reject high like you know highfalutin literary fiction <laughs> just like pure trash pure stupidity i mean there's... i want to do the bimbo bimbification meme but like picking up the book. yeah picking up the book and becoming more of a bimbo yeah, yeah that's my goal for myself um via reading uh online serialized pulp novels from that are poorly translated that's i think that's a good goal <laughs> yeah thank you i think that's a good goal uh... <laughs> um professional wrestling it'll be there i mean professional wrestling was supposed to be that for yeah. me and then it fucking failed yeah so now i gotta do this oh yeah i mean wrestling always makes you have to think about stuff like well because these are real people safety and morality safety and labor violations yeah. and you know i mean i got into wrestling in 2016 to distract myself i got into wrestling in 2016 that's insane to me i should not have this job it's unjust that i have this job <laughs> but i do because sean warren's really believes in me for some reason i'm also pretty good at it um but in terms of expertise i shouldn't have this job at all <laughs> I got into wrestling in 2016 to distract myself from the election. And like the fact that I now have to find a new thing to distract myself from both election and just the misery of this year. It's only been, it's not even been four years. Yeah. That's so depressing. I mean, I'm hoping that I don't find out about unfair labor practices and the creation of the Pokemon anime. So <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> i mean yeah and which is also like there's no way everything was kosher with 1990 all japan and new japan right no like, yeah this was still the was this still like the mafia money eras of wrestling probably um god i am not like a a historian of like malady uh when it comes to wrestling uh i know that there was a lot of yakuza money involved in wrestling um but how much of that was in new japan and all japan at the time no idea um you know that was a brilliant fucking move by the way by a new japan and bushiroad bushiroad are the owners of the current owners of new japan mm -hmm. 
uh, was to put New Japan characters in the Yakuza game series. Oh, so smart. So that if you do a Google search for New Japan Yakuza, you get Toru like, Yano. don't you want to play this cool game <laughs> where you can have Toriyano as a real Yakuza guy? <laughs> Which I do. I, I have it on my PlayStation 4. I gotta, I gotta fire that up one of these days. Yeah. But, so I mean, I feel... I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't know, this was 20 years ago. So I feel like there's enough distance from whatever bad shit I don't know about that was, I'm sure, happening around. This match was 30 years ago. This match? Thir- I'm sh- you know what? Let me tell you something, Colette. <laughs> I just want to be Great accurate. Match. There's a huge difference between <laughs> wrestling in 1990 and wrestling in 2000. <laughs> no, there's a big difference. I forgot uh, how old I am. <laughs> Yeah, no, this match was 30 years ago. My apologies. Thank you, Colette. That I I immediately got defensive was because I am embarrassed (laughs) that I can't do, that I cannot subtract 1990 from 2020. Yeah. And I mean, like, the the thing about this match is not, not that it's 30 years old, but it's like two dudes whose whole thing is like hitting people hard. So they hit each other very hard in the ring. They hit each other very hard out of the ring um stan hansen does a lot of like very questionable like punches and knee drops very close to vader's eye <laughs> those elbows yeah. uh, those little like those little elbows to his face i was very nervous about yeah i mean i guess it makes like a certain amount of narrative sense like your opponent just ripped oh, yeah. off his mask and showed you that his face is fucked up like it's time to go to town on that shit but like yeah. stan hansen does not know how to ease off the gas oof i would not want to get into a fight with either of these men, but I most wouldn't want to get into a fight with Stan Hansen because I feel like Vader and I could like come to some kind of like we could connect on the like I don't know Vader. I feel like a strong kinship too for some reason. Yeah. Um, I feel like we would just like psychic connect <laughs> on a spiritual emotional level and we would not fight. Yeah. I mean, I but I Stan Hansen would be unreachable to my you know for my third. Yeah. Eye. Like I don't know Stan Hansen. <laughs> I feel like if you if you knocked Stan Hansen's glasses off, you'd have like a twenty five seventy five chance of not dying in a fight with him. Uh, maybe you. Yeah. Maybe you would. Collette. I don't know. I've never power bombed anybody. I'm never been in a fight. I'm very. Weak. I could not power bomb Stan Hansen. Um, yeah, I know you couldn't, but I'm just saying you have like more of a. You have a better chance of defending yourself in general than I do. Yeah, maybe. But um, I guess anybody. Vader Vader is a very relatable person. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story or not, but like uh tell back it. back like when I was in uh, regular contact with um like AI uh AIW, like Absolute Intense Wrestling, they uh they tried to book Vader for a show. They they did and like it didn't go very well. Um like the details of which can be found on like really early episodes of, of AIW's podcast. Um, but I, I was told that uh, Vader requested that his money be sent to him uh, in cash in between pages of Maxim magazine, <laughs> like and sent through the mail, <laughs> which is um, such like a charming, like old man pervert thing to request. <laughs> Like yeah, like, yeah, old brother. Old man pervert tax evasion. Yeah, like oh, brother, uh, I can't wait to be there. But before I make it out to Cleveland, I'm gonna need you to send me four hundred dollars or whatever, <laughs> like in the pages of of this month's issue of Maxim Magazine. 
Um, That's incredible. He was also, like, at that time sending promoters, like, shirtless selfies of himself at the gym, like, flexing. (laughs) See, that's somebody I could get along with. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if he ever finished his, uh, like, he he was trying to patent something called, like, the Vader Pump, which was, like, a a workout assistant device, but I don't know if that ever came to be. Um, I, I really hope that there's a prototype of the Vader Pump out there somewhere. (laughs) okay unfortunately i'm getting a lot of stuff for the pump restaurant (laughs) and a darth vader lotion soap okay but nothing for the vader pump so big van vader pump i think you might have to look at his like twitter i just that's like two that's more than i can do while recording a podcast that's yeah that's i can look it up after yeah we can we can look it up after put our result like we'll put our findings in the tweet thread that this episode gets linked in yeah but oh man yeah just vader i just feel good when i see him (laughs) is the thing with vader dig into that a little bit what do you mean like i i want to know why you like he shook he comes out in that big helmet like tubes he's all big and cool and i feel good okay what? yeah that makes sense then he then he takes it off he's got the cool masky thing over his face and he just starts like wrecking shop and he's this big meat man and he's really strong and he moves really fast and he just is doing it and i feel good that's like, I can't, this is not, again, I'm making myself stupider every day. Yeah. So the quality of my contribution to this podcast, unfortunately, is just going to keep getting lower and lower. No. Um, <laughs> um. But <laughs> no, I just feel fucking good when I see him. Like, it's like, it's like the Tanahashi thing. I just see him and I get a burst of serotonin. And the Tanahashi thing, it's not because he's very, very handsome. And it's not like, that's not the only reason. There's just an aura of just like hell yeah around these people and i just it like gets my brain pumps making all the good juice and that's how i feel when i see vader like yeah and also like he takes his fucking mask off yeah he's got the bulging horrible eye problem <laughs> but he's got that weird red hair yeah and these double like like two parallel mohawks on his head which is probably like to do a cool wrestler haircut that covers up male pattern balding because that's what almost every wrestler hair style is <laughs> right yeah no absolutely yeah okay you have to mask um, the shout steroids. out once again to jimmy havoc the best one around <laughs> the bravery the bravery of incorporating your obvious bald spot into your emo undercut where you can visibly see the change from the part that you shave and the part that's naturally bald, the bravest person in wrestling today, yeah. Jimmy Havoc. Um, um, but <laughs> so I, yeah, no, it just it just makes me. I don't know. Do you not feel that when you look at? Oh Vader? no, Vader's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I I mostly wanted to get you into that so that I could look up the Vader pump. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked. <laughs> <laughs> which I which I did, and considering the uh, he tweeted about it four times. And there's very little traction on these. Um, so I, I'll, I'll go into the Vader pump a little bit. Um, Hell yeah. In a tweet from uh, 3.30.13, he said, created an exercise device calling it the Vader pump. 
complete upper body stomach, ch, sh, tri, back, bipositive and negative resistance. From 4413, a supercard from top to bottom. I will be signing autographs from 6 p.m. Live starts at 8 p.m. Another step closer to introducing the Vader pump. 41213. I have nothing but gratitude for my patent attorney of Florida. The Vader pump has just been awarded two patents. Off the Vader pump is patent pending. And then 41213. The Vader pump is an upper body exercise device. Breaks down. Travels in your clothes bag. I will provide info as the project moves forward. And that's it. That's the last time it's ever mentioned. <laughs> I need the Vader pump. I need the Vader that's pump. That's how I'm going to get strong. That's how I'm going to get strong enough to defend myself from Stan Hansen if I ever offend him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that the Vader pump might have initially been why Vader started reappearing on the indies in the mid-2000s okay. and then got into a Twitter argument with Will Ospreay and he was totally right to trash Will Ospreay. He was right. <laughs> Like a million percent, right? Even though I like, I did enjoy that one Osprey Ricochet match. Yeah. Yeah. I liked. I like it when people just like. Also, I like it when people just jump and flip around. It's fun. <laughs> also, I hadn't seen a lot of wrestling. Yet. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like. I can see why people like that match. Uh, I can see why Vader didn't like that match. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially seeing like Vader's so much fucking better than yeah, that. Yeah, like. And this match, like. I would rather see this a million times yeah. than see like very cool acrobatics. I mean, I because oh, go ahead. This is two giant men slapping meat together. <laughs> this is the biggie parlance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's what it. Uh, that that was what be. What a poet. Yeah, no, he he knows he knows exactly. Like it was like I sat down expecting to hate everything on WrestleMania. I freaked out for Goldberg and Braun Strowman because that's what I want to see in wrestling is just two big dudes slapping meat. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily want to see that always. That's all I want. But this was... I like it when it's right. But sometimes that's not what I want. Sometimes I want to see, like... Akira Hokuto bleeding from the head. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, obviously. Actually, a lot of the time, that's what I want to say. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, anymore, what what gets me going about pro wrestling is uh, the excitement of watching impossible bodies do dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Impossible bodies doing dumb shit all the yeah. way. But there's, like, a lot of different variations on that. This is, like, one of, this is maybe, like, my favorite two big dudes doing it. Thing. Which is kind of amazing. Like, I feel like when when people... I mean, in terms of bigness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, you, you enjoyed this match, right? Yes, I fucking yeah. loved this. What's, like, the thing... The reason why I ask that is because a lot of times when people watch stuff from, like, this era and they're not super familiar with it, like, the the fuck finish like the the count out like or the or the double disqualification or whatever it is that keeps both people strong at the end of the match is right. often something that people find very annoying um i did think it was weird but then i did notice like so you've got all the guys on the outside right yep. uh you've got half of them are in these really cool shiny silver jackets and the other half are wearing like very normal all japan uh you know, track jackets. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, right. Stan Hansen's all Japan. He's there representing all Japan. That's why everybody's booing the shit out of him at this new Japan show. 
So I did kind of figure like they can't have the big all Japan guy lose. Yeah. At first I was like, what? That's the finish? Is that really it? And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Think like a, somebody who wants to keep people strong. These are your two big dudes. You can't, you, you're right. You can't have either of them lose. You can't have Stan Hansen taking the NWGP championship back to all Japan. That's crazy. Yeah, it's totally nuts. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those things where like the, the other narrative aspect of this match for me, besides like the count out actually kind of making sense. Cause both dudes are fucking pissed at each other. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would have ended that match when, if I was a referee, I would have ended that match when there was an eyeball bulging out of somebody's fucking face. Yeah. But like, I, I love that the thing that's like the prelude to the count out is that both dudes try a lariat and neither guy goes down. So like, <laughs> What the fuck else can you do? Like that's that's the yeah. move. Um, not for Vader necessarily, but like, I don't know, Vader getting rocked by a Western <laughs> lariat but not going down. That's that's kind of a big deal. Like he looks super fucking tough, which he is. Um, but the thing the thing that I really liked about this match is like, so far as like the New Japan All Japan thing goes, is that since Vader is the New Japan guy, he controls most of the match. Like. Stan Hansen is a dude who is, like, very dangerous and can, at any moment, like, take over the match. But, like, Vader is almost constantly in control of this. Um, yeah. Which, like, makes a ton of sense. Like, this is his ring. It's his show. It's his title. Um, but, you know, Stan Hansen doesn't lose any of his mystique for Vader being on top for most of it. Right. Well, he just feels like... Again, this is... This reminded me a lot in certain ways in terms of the experience of like me being new to this moment of wrestling of watching um, Terry Funk and Ric Flair from the, our first episode, mm -hmm. just because I'm sitting here watching it being like, this does not contain most of the elements that I, that I in my brain, like have like my checklist of like, quote unquote, good wrestling match. And yet I'm like completely riveted. I'm completely in it. I'm believe in both like a, believe in the, the competitiveness of both these guys i yeah i'm part of it is that they are hitting like kicking the beating the shit out of each other for real but like <laughs> i'm like there's disbelief fully suspended and i'm wondering like why do i like this so much why yeah. is this so good and part of it is that it's just like yeah these guys are really good at being wrestlers and stan hansen has such an aura that it doesn't, like, I didn't, now that you mentioned it, yeah, of course, it, I absolutely see that Vader was in control for most of the match. I did not notice that once watching it. I'm like, no, both these guys are so powerful. Yeah. Vader, how are you going to get out of this one? You got to, like, you're at a huge disadvantage here because your eyes bulging yeah. out. You need to protect your tail. Like, it, like, I, it feels I literally, like an even in my notes. In my notes, I literally, I'm just, I'm, like, chanting, come on, Vader, let's go, Vader. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, like I said, disbelief suspended brain gone all emotion very invested in vader's safety here so i fully believe that stan hansen yeah that in the like equality and competitiveness of this match, yeah that's what i'm saying and you know like later um after vader finishes up his semi-disastrous wwf run like there's some good stuff in it but they didn't really know how to utilize him because for being a dude who loves big men as much as he claims to like vince mcmahon has never booked one very well um no. like even andre the giant is largely booked like shit and that's like 
the the ur text I mean, it's hard to dudes. do stuff with what you love the most yeah that's i guess that's true um but uh like after his run with uh with wbf was over he went to all japan and actually was in a tag team with stan hansen um that must have ruled. yeah stan hansen like stan hansen's list of tag team partners is fucking crazy like i think he tagged with ted dibiase uh he tagged with bruiser brody um i've seen some of that's yeah like he like i don't know there's uh one of my favorite tag teams that he did was actually in like mid 80s like territory wrestling where he um teamed with ole anderson who was like arn anderson's fake cousin or brother or something like that um and like they just look like two bears um in both senses of the word bear yeah (laughs) uh and they were like they were just so fucking mean and because it was like mid 80s television they're in like a tiny studio they both look fucking massive and they're just crushing these tiny dudes in like four minutes and it's like the meanest four minutes of those people's lives i want to watch that yeah i'll try to i'll try to find some and send it to you but um that sounds really good you're right though the bear comparison's actually like very apt mm-hmm. I just watched a really cute video of a bear in a bathtub. Um, so bear movement is on my mind. Yeah. And like, there is something that's very like, because <sighs> Stan Hansen is big, but he's not like bodybuilder. Big, no, right. No. He's like actual fucking just big guy at the, you know, at the dive bar. Who's going to kick your ass. Right. Big. I mean, both he and, and Vader were football players um that makes they, they have football player bodies like particularly yeah. of that era yeah um so but there's also like a gracefulness obviously that you kind of have to have if you're a wrestler who's this good even though like obviously in terms of on a scale of like wrestler gracefulness stan hans is not the most graceful of all wrestlers but he's much more graceful than most six four football player guys who run over shit with their trucks when they're mad um right is that fair to say i would would say so yeah okay but like i don't know there like there is something that is more bear-like than person-like in some of the ways he moves to me maybe it's also just because of the lariats i think of like (laughs) a big bear arm yeah oh that'd be sick if a bear just started lariating people oh man that would be good I've I've seen a couple of of wrestling bear matches and they mostly do hugs and like headlocks. But if they taught one how to do lariat, oh, be the all time draw of like the Tennessee bariat. and shit. The bariat. <laughs> yeah, the bariat. Oh no! <laughs> Isn't there like there's like that that tag team and beyond who's like Bear Bronson and Bear Beefcake, right? Like. Think bear so? country that's what they're called how come they don't do yeah. the bariat they maybe they're like building up to it oh there we go like maybe they're saving that for like their big run they could just do lariats from opposite sides of the ring like face <gasps> face and back of head yeah done done like that's really they're cool. they're so thick that's a that's like a decapitation move that'd be really good oh. here we are dropping ideas I know we're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I really like 
but yeah, like, actually, I am just going to ask you, why did I enjoy this so much? I don't know. Like, it's it's one of those things where I, I, I feel like it's pretty elemental to, like, a conception of, of wrestling. You have a gigantic crowd um, True. who are, like, in on everything. Like, they're so down. Like, they're reacting to the two of them not getting counted out. Um, which is like rad as hell. Um, yeah. Okay. So you have two giant dudes in a incredible atmosphere. You have a sense of like real danger because there is real danger. Um, and like, despite that, like both dudes keep going. Like, I, I, I feel like it's one of those things where like, when you think of like gutsy in-ring performances or whatever like when something bad happens but people keep keep going like that match like has a reputation for that like right. shibata headbutting himself to death and finishing the match kind of thing yeah um akira hokuto breaking your neck and yeah holding it in yeah place. like it's it's one of those things and because it doesn't like ruin the match like when brock lesnar like necked himself on a shooting star press at wrestlemania like it doesn't ruin the match; it adds to the mystique of it. Um, okay, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, like that's why I enjoy it. Like, and also, no, like Vader and Stan Hansen are are both like two of my favorite wrestlers. Like, I could watch any match of theirs at at the drop of a hat. Like, if you suggested it, I would be like, "Yeah, let's do it." That makes a lot of sense, and I do think like I was not giving that crowd enough credit oh, they're because so good. like the. Just the like their roaring yeah. and their excitement, just even at the outset, like really gets you pumped and really gets like I'm actually very if I can brag a little, I'm really good at suspending disbelief and getting completely <laughs> lost and marking out uh, for matches that uh, happened 30 years ago or that I've already seen before or that I already know the outcome to. Uh, and like uh, a crowd losing it like that immediately really helps me do yeah that. it, it so. helps a lot like and the crowd reactions are are like unlike anything um if you watch like a, a wrestlemania like wrestlemania 1990 or whatever like i know that it's it's pretty stereotypical to like kind of compare the way that crowds react uh like from america and um japan and i mean crowds react differently like nwa crowds respond differently than wwf crowds like wwf crowds are responding to the aura of the wrestler um nwa crowds which are actually like at their biggest like pretty similar to to japanese crowds of the period like they're reacting to the narrative of the match um okay which helps like immensely like when the match is good and and things are like moving um like having a crowd like roar is is so nice um and you know i like it's it's one of those things like what's the what's the phrase that people who are like new to japanese wrestling use when they watch japanese wrestling and the crowd is quiet like they're like demure japanese fans or whatever um like that is so yeah the weird the weird smart light yeah. racism <laughs> yeah thing. like they're so quiet and respectful like no they're <laughs> like they're getting into the fucking match like they're actually yeah. they're not looking for like spots to like make the reaction about them or whatever like they're sincerely into it like and are reacting to like everything that has dramatic consequence it's it's fucking beautiful i love it so much yeah 
that's a really good point. And I was like, I was like, one of the more surprising things to me, I guess, was like, were the points where the crowd like got really into it and got really loud outside of just like the, like the start and the end and like a few, because that's not like there's, you know, a lot of big spots in this. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, because those, those guys are so big, like the big spots are clotheslines, power slams. Like Vader doesn't go up to the top rope like he does in other big matches, but like, that's that's the kind of thing. Like the big spots are they get back in the ring at the count of seventeen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, the like the points that I'm used to seeing, like or hearing the audience roar, gets excited, weren't that, and it makes sense that they're instead responding to like the more narrative aspects. Yeah, which helped me out a lot. Yeah, I mean, I kind of love which is- that you can get into wrestling from like thirty years ago without context and like just kind of get it um it's i mean the problem with that is then when i'm asked to explain it yeah. i can't because i can just say feels good <laughs> good brain juice thank yeah. you <laughs> like i yeah it's because uh, i do have to kind of turn off some of my like analytical brain yeah um which is like actually probably the saddest thing to me about writing about wrestling now is if i ever want to like fully if I ever want to actually experience something I'm writing about, I have to watch it at least like three times. Mm-hmm. Cause the first, like when I watch it cold, I need to just be like a dumbass and just like pure, like an LB dumbass. Yeah. Like the dumbass that I am, I, I'm not lowering myself to some other standard. I'm lowering myself to, I'm letting myself be my like true elemental, honest self that I, that I am when I consume anything for pleasure. Um, just about because mm-hmm. I mostly consumed, you know, dumb emotionally, not dumb, but like stuff that hits more emotionally than it does in the brain spots. Um, I do that. And then I have to be like, okay, what actually happened? <laughs> <laughs> and like, feel good because like, it's, I don't know. It, like, I mean, that's, that's one thing I miss the most about going to live wrestling I miss going to live wrestling so much, Colette. I haven't gone, I haven't seen anything live since, what was the last show I went to? Was it Bola? Was it? Oh man, that's a while ago. I don't know. Ago. It was a really long time ago. That was the, This is the longest I have gone since I started going to live wrestling. Um, And like, there's nothing Except for maybe being, like, 16 and seeing your favorite band at a small club. Like, that level of, like, emotion. Right. And, like, immature brain, hormones, chemistry, and dopamine. (laughs) That combination. Like, the only thing I've ever been able to find that compares to that is, like, live wrestling. When live wrestling is joyous. Right. And I miss it so much. I mean, I miss bad like live wrestling i wrote about that a little bit um while i was like talking about cameo where it's like the experience of just going somewhere and being in a crowd full of people who all mutually like a stupid thing um it's so regardless of whether it's good or bad like it's it's yeah Yeah. it's a nice feeling um yeah i haven't been to live wrestling probably since january or february something like that actually it might might have been even like december um which isn't really a long time for me anymore. Like I used to go to wrestling 
like every month, like every three weeks practically. Um, but yeah, it's 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 missed. It is a missed form of entertainment, except for the stuff that we currently have on offer. <laughs> Uh, yeah well the thing is like so much like we were like we've been saying about audiences no matter what audience it is if it's this like super you know narratively analytical smart in touch 90s nwa or new japan audience or if it's like just the responding to a feeling audience it still informs so much of the experience of even watching it just on my little laptop That, yeah, I mean, outside of your weird gimmicky, like, you know, Minoru Suzuki in an empty Tokyo Dome kind of no audience wrestling. Like, I don't want to watch no audience wrestling. Mm-hmm. Audience is my favorite. Audience is a big part of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, for good and for bad, but. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Audiences can be. Trust me. Like I said, I go to PWG. Yeah. I hate wrestling audiences. <laughs> They're fucking annoying. But. I don't know. Like it's like yesterday I was saying I want to bring back the Goths versus Preps war. I would still be fighting alongside a bunch of people I fucking hated because I hate so many Goths. They're so annoying. But when somebody comes out and makes fun of me for knowing who Neil Gaiman is, of course I know who Neil Gaiman is. I was a miserable child hiding from my junior high school bullies. Yeah. And I will defend and fight alongside all those people even though I don't like them. <laughs> completely lost the plot <laughs> I mean, uh wrestling audiences yeah. yeah it's the same thing like they're annoying but i need them <sighs> sorry i keep getting like depressing but man i mean depression is part of pro wrestling i feel like that's true it is it is yeah but i really did enjoy this and i'm glad we picked it good yeah and it did you know it was good depression treatment. It's an important match. Um, and like, I don't know, like I, I kind of feel you on the, on the, the audiences getting you into it, like without otherwise having context. Cause you didn't know the context of this match going into it. I had no, yeah. I had again, it was literally like, I sort of know what's happening now. I remember like when, so, yeah. yeah, like when YouTube started and like wrestling writing wasn't like a dominant form of, of internet content. Like all of this stuff was minus context. <laughs> um, like the context was Vader loses his eye in this match. It's pretty gross. You should see it. Um, I remember like my, my first like encounter with Stan Hansen was uh, I just decided one day to start typing in things like Hulk Hogan versus <laughs> into YouTube and seeing what came up. And, uh, and a, a 1990, like something, uh, all Japan, like all Japan, uh, WWF summit match between Stan Hansen and Hulk Hogan came up and I was fucking in on him, like from the first second. Cause he came out and he did his like little like bullwhip thingy and, uh, like Hulk Hogan looked super freaked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet. I mean, can you imagine that actually coming your way? Yeah, no, it would Even be... if you're a big old fucking Hogan. yeah yeah and like they do the thing where he's like and hogan had experience with with stan hansen in the past like hogan wrestled in all japan um that's why some people will be like hulk hogan's actually a really good wrestler in secret um because like he could do a headlock takedown <laughs> um <laughs> he could do he could do a drop to hold <laughs> wait is this is this really yeah. a, 
and yeah, this is it? for real. This is this is absolutely for real. Like if you watch Hulk Hogan's like eighty stuff in Japan, like you know how like Stan Hansen and Vader are putting together moves in this match. Yeah, like, you wouldn't call it great. Like they're not great wrestlers. Um, but because Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan, the fact that he can do that stuff makes him a great wrestler to some people. Um, so will be like, check it out. Like he's he's wrestling Tenru, and he does a headlock takeover and like transitions that into the shittiest looking armbar you've ever seen or like whatever. Um, but like seeing like the Hogan mystique like run into this dude like this like giant fucking like terrifying cowboy man. Um, it's it's really weird that like that's how I got into Japanese wrestling, but um, yeah. Wait, that's how you got into Japanese wrestling yeah. was typing Hogan versus into YouTube, yeah. <laughs> getting Hogan versus Dan Hansen. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know why it was Hulk Hogan. Like, I think it was like I'm interested in Japanese wrestling. I should probably start with someone whose stuff I'm extremely familiar with, uh, and that would be him. Like, he's the one who wow. like of like the giant American wrestlers. Uh, has the biggest profile so far as like Japanese stuff is concerned. Um, and like I watched. What year was this? Uh, like 2007? 2007. Is that when like, YouTube happened? Yeah, like 2007, 2008. Like pretty much like as soon as I realized that you could watch wrestling on YouTube was when I started looking at stuff. Um, and there's also like a Hogan versus Great Muda match from like around the same time. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. Like Ric Flair versus gives you a bunch of people, and like those aren't great matches, but they they introduce you to the personalities and right. That's a starting point. And like kind of act as an advertisement for what else is out there. And I feel like that's what what this match does too. Like it gives you a a taste of what's great about New Japan Pro Wrestling at this time, uh, and it gives you a taste of what's great about All Japan Pro Wrestling at this time, at least in the heavyweight divisions. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I think that this match rules. I, I highly recommend it. Uh and I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I really, really did. And like I now I have a bunch more questions I'm gonna ask you when we're done recording about like <laughs> what like because I just assumed if you're doing the if you're doing eFed stuff Wait, you've said you did eFeds on the podcast, right? I'm not like blowing up your eh, it doesn't spot. matter. I did eFeds. But no, that was in okay. text message. <laughs> I'm so that's, sorry. That's fine. Everyone did eFeds. Except you. Okay, cool. Well, I didn't know. I didn't watch wrestling because I thought it was bad. Yeah, it was, but because I saw I saw Raw in 1999, and I was like, "This is harmful to yeah. me." This is <laughs> as this a is human. This is harmful to me as an entity. Yeah, this is actively. This is, if everybody who saw this, if everybody who made this met me, they would kick my ten year old ass for being a combination of ills. Uh, to the world so yeah i did not like it uh i was also very serious and was reading about the holocaust <laughs> and not having fun ever i should not have laughed so, at that <laughs> i was very serious <laughs> reading about the holocaust <laughs> uh it's kind of funny to imagine that that was me at 10 yeah. when this is me now I really wasted all my... I wasted my childhood being serious, and I'm now trying to make up for it by being the world's dumbest adult. Yeah. Um, but once you've had your childhood yeah. again, are you going to start reading about the Holocaust again? Uh, no, because I tried doing that in college and gave myself post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, that's a good thing to stay away this from. This whole section's getting cut out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all because you decided to talk about e-feds. Uh, no, not that section. So 
I do have a question yeah. though. You were on you were like an on you were an online wrestling fan, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So that was before YouTube, right? Uh it would have been before or YouTube around... and before okay. then I guess that the the method of distribution would have been mega upload. Oh, mega upload. Yeah. Or like other sites like that, but mostly Mega Upload. Yeah, Mega Upload. I remember Mega Upload from the uh, before there was film Twitter. There was Film Live Journal, <laughs> and on Film Live Journal, we loved Mega Upload. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, so, wait, did you have to like? So, would you download shows and then like stitch them, stitch the files together? Oh, you didn't download shows. Did do it was all individual matches. It was individual matches. Okay, so you never had to do the stitching. Yeah, which is... you would have to do if you were... I mean, like, when you're looking for, like, hidden gems on, like, Raw or Nitro or whatever, you really don't want to watch the whole damn show. Like... That makes I think that, like, the one time that, like, Bret Hart and Mick Foley wrestled was on, like, Shotgun Saturday Night. Um, And, like, yeah, like, watching old, like, sea show wrestling is is interesting, and I do it a lot, like... I don't want to watch a whole damn episode of of Shotgun Saturday Night from 1997 for this one match. Like, just give me the one match. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So then my question to you is, were people like, I want to know how you managed to not see Japanese wrestling or not get into Japanese wrestling until you searched on YouTube for this, for Hogan and Stan Hansen. I mean, I was like a suburban kid. Like, I... I was. I just mean in terms of like, was that not something that people people were talking about on the online wrestling world? Because now it seems like it's the, that's only, the only thing, thing anyone yeah. talks about on online. Wrestling. I mean, the forums that I was on, like it it was there, but like I just wasn't as interested in it for a while, and like okay. the matches never came up on like the download forums or whatever. Like it was always like, you know, here's like this particular Mister Perfect match or whatever. Um, okay. And, like, the, the forums that I were on were um, actually British. Um, and, like, while British people who are into wrestling are, are obsessed with a great deal of it, like, that particular forum was uh, very engaged in the uh, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart argument. Um, and, like, right. that was that was largely what we did. Like, the indies were not a thing that people were trading on at all. Um so yeah, I don't know. It was just like it was something that that I wound up missing because we were all trying to find like the deepest cuts from the stuff that we watched as kids. That makes sense. I didn't. I I I'm still trying to figure out what emo is, even though I am thirty years old, and it happened. And like, I'm sorry, pop punk that's called emo happened at the exact moment I should have known about yeah. it. Sometimes you just miss. Yeah, it. no, for sure. I was just curious, like, as to how it happened, because I am always really interested in like what happens in weird little online communities. I mean, the jump, I the that. jump was like really like quick too. And uh, like, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, but there was a, a long stretch of time, like between 2001 and 2007 that I didn't watch wrestling at all. Um, right. Because it sucked. And like, there was a casket match about, you know, corpse sex or something. And it was like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> Which again, like oddly enough, when was that? 2001, I think. Okay, yeah, no, that would have been a little maybe two thousand for me. Like, like two thousand five, LB would have like been pretty interested in that. Okay, it was a little bit later than that because it was after the the invasion angle. So like maybe two thousand three would have been when this happened. Like when yeah, the rosters uh, again. What the odds? If things had shaken out a little differently, 
who knows what kind of goblin i'd be today yeah so so like when i came back in 2007 it was uh or 2006 i don't even remember the exact years but it was because i went to a buffalo wild wings like randomly and a wwe pay-per-view was on and uh everyone was booing this dude named john cena and i was like well hell i gotta i gotta watch this and he wrestled the great collie Uh, and it like made me remember everything that I loved about wrestling and I joined this forum. Uh, but like the leap from like YouTube coming online and me just looking for like, what if, what did my favorite wrestlers from childhood do when I wasn't watching them to like, Oh, Manami Toyota. That's cool. Like the shit fucking rules. Like, but it didn't take that long. Like it's the same, like it's not the same, but like, you know how like, people go from like watching videos on YouTube about how women are always bitches and then they become mm-hmm. right wing terrorists. Um, yes. It was like that, but better. <laughs> if, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. The algorithm was, was good yeah, to you that time. Yeah, the algorithm was very kind. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. Well, thanks for letting me like, ask you questions about your life <laughs> and in watching wrestling because i'm always curious about that yeah. stuff maybe when maybe we should do a thing where we watch like i don't know it won't be like very tapey but we should watch matches that like got us that grabbed us at different yeah points. no i i That'd definitely think so and uh, i want because i gotta see that i gotta see that cena colleen match. yeah i gotta remember which one it was i think it was like a last man standing match which was john cena's specialty that's how he ended like every feud He's the best. The Great Collie's the best. I really do enjoy the Great Collie's. Like, I haven't seen much of his wrestling, but I really do enjoy his online content. Oh, his selfies? Really good. And I was worried about him until he posted one, like, a couple weeks ago. Great Collie, glad you're doing all right yeah, out there. shouts to Great Collie. Res- respect to Goatsy, <laughs> okay. shouts to Great Collie. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the note we have to end on, right? I think so. Respect to Goatse, shouts to Great Kali. That does it for us. Thank you, Colette. Thank you, Hunkties. For doing this with me. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, listeners. If you liked this, please rate and review the show on whatever you're listening to it on. iTunes, probably, they have a review thing. I don't know if Spotify has a review thing. I don't really know how podcasts Yeah, I don't know either. But Uh, if they do, your review should be respect to Goatse. Yeah, shouts to Great Kali. <laughs> One of those two. Oh, that can be our that can be our Sean versus Brett thing. <laughs> Are you team respect to Goatse or shouts to Great Kali? Uh, chime in in the comments. Tweet at us. Uh, email us at podcast at fanbyte.com. Put fanfight VCR in the subject, and I don't know. Tell us anything. Do you have any questions or comments? I just. I've never done an email thing on a podcast before, but I think it'd be fun to get emails. Yeah, it'd be great if we got emails. Yeah, but if you don't want to email us, that's fine too, as long as you review the podcast and say something like the things that we mentioned that I already forgot. Oh yeah, respect to Goatse, shouts to Great Cully. Please put those in there. Five stars. If you can do more than five stars, obviously do more than five stars. Yeah. You can read all of our wrestling coverage, much of which is good columns and opinions by Colette Arend, some of which are also by me. And I, you know what? Last time I was really mean to myself and said my writing was bad because I had just done an AEW recap I didn't like very much, but actually my writing yeah, is your good. Writing is so great. you should read mine too. So everything on there is really good. We have a whole thing coming up this month. Are we covering any... Uh, we have suspended all weekly coverage of wrestling shows 
and are instead celebrating uh, a new holiday that's all month long that's called Let's Pretend It's Any Year Other Than 2020, uh, <laughs> where we write about and review and recap wrestling that happened in May of any year other than 2020. Uh, so far, we have Mare has written about a WCW show from when she was four years old that has David Arquette on it. Yes. Uh, Colette has something cool coming up soon. I've got cool co- stuff coming up soon. Other writers have cool stuff coming up soon. You can check out all of that. Fanbite.com slash wrestling. Check out all the other shows on this feed. We got Fanfight. That's me and Danielle Riendo talking about MMA and pro wrestling. There's Sports Middle where they talk about sports. There's shows on the other Fanbite feeds. Uh, you love to see it. It's a great show about movies. And yeah. Uh, Colette, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colette Arend. That's about it. Cool. You can find me on Twitter at Hunk Tears. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.